Hi, welcome to Jakku Broadcast. I'm Daniela. And I'm Melissa. And welcome to our Mandalorian recap series, We Have Spoken. We're going to recap chapter four of The Mandalorian titled Sanctuary. Um, it was written by John Favreau and it was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, who is, of course, um, Ron Howard's uh, daughter. She uh, was also in The Help and in like the Jurassic Park movies. And Black Mirror. I think, yeah. So she's the second woman to direct a Star Wars. And I mean, it makes sense because <laughs> nepotism and her family is close to the Star Wars. Exactly. Um, whole the whole star wars franchise she told the in the fandom or fathom event or in the fan event that they did for the mandalorian she talked about how george would send toys to her house whenever she was little like star wars toys so that's that must be fun (laughs) to like be able to direct star wars because your family's close (laughs) to the star wars thing but yeah but she did a good job though she did no like of course like i'm not saying that she's not worthy of it she's (laughs) definitely worthy of it because this episode was really good i think um in terms of episodes uh which what's your order so far melissa like ranking them yeah um huh i actually think Oh man, <laughs> I think you know what Deborah chose the last one. The child might be my favorite, and then this one, Sanctuary, and then the first episode, and then the second episode. That's my order. Nice from from like favorite to least favorite. Not saying that yeah. number two is like my. I don't like it. It's just that in the terms of the other ones, that's my ranking. Yeah, no, that's fine. You don't have to justify it. (laughs) Uh, So uh, my favorite is this one. So it's four. And then my second favorite is two, which is funny because you just said it's not your your least. (laughs) But um, okay, so four, two, and then three, and then one. This is so close. Like I almost had this one as my first favorite, my my most favorite. But and then I remember that last episode, like I, I pretty much cried. So that was like, you know what? I'm going to put that first because I cried, so that doesn't happen very yeah. often. You know what this episode reminded me of? Uh-huh. It was like reminding me of Avatar The Last Airbender season two when they're on, they're like in the earth, the, the earth, uh, the earth area. What's it called? The nation. Oh. The, what's it called? Um, what's that nation called? It's Toph's nation. Oh, yes. <laughs> Gosh, I don't remember. I know what you're talking about. Somebody's going to be listening to this and be like, wow, Danny, you're not a fan. <laughs> well, me either, because I can't remember it either. Yeah. Earthbending. So she's what nation? She's the Earth Kingdom. So okay, I was okay, close yeah. enough. Earth I'm not a fake fan. But yeah, it reminded me of, and also it reminded me of the Cabbage Man, just because of oh, the green. God. Yeah, no. Um, if you watch Avatar The Last Airbender, there's a there's running gag of this man who kind of sells cabbages and he keeps losing all of the cabbages because of the adventures that the kids are going on. The, um, the, actually, so, the cabbage yeah. man reminds me of the fish nuns from The Last Jedi. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, totally. Was there anything, like, before we get into the episode recap, what were your favorite moments of the episode? Um... Of course, all Baby Yoda moments. <laughs> they're, they're not going to be ranked because <laughs> they're all equally amazing. Um, and then also, I think, which we'll, we'll touch on later, but definitely with the ATST Walker, 
I don't know. I'm really intrigued by that walker, and we'll talk about why later. But just anything when it popped out, that was like, oof, that was kind of scary. Yeah, especially uh, I think in that the, in terms of the walker, it was interesting because even Mando and Cara Dune, Cara, Cara, I think Cara. Yeah, mm-hmm. her name is Cara. Cara Dune. Uh, Cara Dune. Uh, she. Uh, they both were like, "What is this?" atst what is it doing here like because it's totally out of place it's kind of an you know it's like a dark thing and this planet gives off the opposite vibes of that of the empire like do you know what i mean yeah it just um, goes on it just goes to prove that the empire is everywhere yeah i'm guessing maybe these clatoonian raiders they either stole it or they they found it and they're just using it who knows maybe the empire gave it to them (laughs) you know we don't know yeah no who knows um so my favorite part of the episode was when baby yoda was looking up at the stars um we'll go into it too uh, because obviously we're going over uh the the parts of the episode that intrigued us but i think that part was very reminiscent of the twin sons moment for luke I don't know. Well, yeah, no, it totally gave off those vibes because it's kind of you're looking up at the stars and seeing what's like, you know, there's so much to, that the the galaxy has to offer. And um, yeah, no, I thought that was a very touching moment from Baby Yoda. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, this whole episode, Baby Yoda's just so intrigued by everything around him because I don't, I don't know if he's ever been you know with as many people or have seen has seen this many like you know environments because we don't know if he's been like captured for how long how many years or you know we don't know <laughs> oh my god i'm sorry it make this all sad the he- baby was captured and full of death and just around death and destruction for so long seriously look at him he's so intrigued he's like never it seems like he's never seen a lot of these things before like he's never left that room that he found he was found in right i mean that uh, that place looked like a storage facility to be honest but we don't know how long he was there or who was taking care of him or where he came from before but it all seems really new to him so he's still like a baby in in which he hasn't explored um, it's like when Ray was like, I I didn't know there was so much green in the universe. Yeah. Okay, Baby Yoda is Ray confirmed. <laughs> yeah, he's Ray's dad. Um, okay, <laughs> so I'm gonna go ahead and get started. Um, so we uh, so we start the episode by um, it's kind of in showing us this lush green planet of Sorgan, and it's um very very calm and it's it's very obviously naturey but this is something we haven't it's different from what we've seen in Mandalorian because previously in the last two ep- last three episodes that we've seen it's kind of been like very dry planets full of all men and like the planets that we've seen everyone is out for themselves and from the first scene where we see the villagers they're all working together Mm -hmm. they're playing they're they're in tune with nature it's the complete opposite of what we've seen from the previous episodes of the mandalorian so from the get-go this episode is going to be very different from before it's also titled sanctuary so of course it's going to be the opposite because they're finally finding safety where in the last three episodes they really haven't been 
in like safe um kind of things Mm -hmm. so yeah no okay so we have the villagers what did you think about that um melissa no yeah it seemed like it actually it really does seem like a sanctuary you know that um everybody or even like their clothes like even their clothes they had like that touch of blue and everybody kind of had the same type of outfit so it seems like you know they're they're kind of like a family they're very um yeah they work together and they do take it seems like they take care of each other um yeah and then you know they're they're harvesting this like blue krill which is kind of cool look is that is a blue krill like a fish a krill is kind of like a it's almost like a shrimp, I guess, but it's not a shrimp. I, I'm okay. going to have somebody come after me about that, probably. Mm, but yeah, yeah, it's kind of like that. Gotcha. Okay, so we are introduced to uh, Omera, who is played by Julia Jones, and Winta, who is uh, Omera's child. And the... Okay, before that, there's this um, Godzilla-like entrance uh, for the Clatoonian... Clatuinian, Clatuinian, yeah, yeah, like Clatuinian raiders, and obviously there's like they're scary, and the birds like they they fly away, and so um yeah no, so we're introduced to this piece, and then suddenly it's being destroyed, it's like being raided. It reminded me of actually um I haven't watched it in a while, but. For some reason, as the first time I watched it, it reminded me of Rogue One. Mm, yeah, true. So, yeah, like, I think it's the moment where uh, Jin gets separated from her pa- her mom, but I don't know. Because it's so green. I think it's the greenness of it, you know, the planet. Right, right. Like, we've, so, we've seen mostly, like, desert planets most of this series so far. Yeah. And uh, so they and like there's this really tense moment where i thought that omera i thought she was going to die uh but (laughs) she and her child because it's star wars (laughs) yeah no that's what i'm about to say but uh, okay so omera and winta they hide under a basket during the raid and they wait and they're very like quiet and this moment was probably the scariest moment in all of star wars for me <laughs> like honestly because star wars is not above killing the mothers uh we i mean it wouldn't make i know that in the like in a meta sense it wouldn't make sense for omera to die because it would end up being kind of like there it would be pointless but i mean some of the mother deaths from Star Wars have seemed pointless as well. So, like Padme, how many how many episodes will I mention Padme, Melissa? Will it's, I mention the injustice that was Padme's death? It's like I have that little um count like that that little calendar. It says like last amount last amount of days since like last accident or something. But this is like saying like last couple like which how long ago has it been since Danny's mentioned Padme? It's zero. Yeah. It's zero. So, so <laughs> definitely. So knowing how Star Wars is about mothers, I thought that she was going to die. And I'm like, please don't give us another dead mother. Please don't give us another death, dead mother. But obviously I knew she wasn't really going to die because she's in the still from that they released earlier where it's her and uh, Cara, Cara Dune and the Mando looking at the kids playing. But um yeah, no. I knew she wasn't really going to die, but it was just kind of uh-huh. scary because, you know, Star Wars. Yeah. 
so after the village is destroyed, we cut to Mando and Baby Yoda in the, in the ship, and he has Baby Yoda in his lap. Um, it's so cute, and he's Baby Yoda's like the typical child. He's touching buttons that he shouldn't be touching. And surprisingly, Mando is like a patient dad, you know, compared yeah, to... Yeah, but like, like Baby Yoda was very, like, he's sassy. Like, <laughs> he's sassy. He understands what Mando is saying because Mando specifically says, don't touch anything. And uh, <laughs> he looks at him. He stares him in his eyes and his little helmet and <laughs> his helmet in Mando's helmet eyes. And he like pushes down on that button. And then the ship starts shaking like... <laughs> Baby like Yoda's a savage. He's trying to see how much he can get away with. <laughs> totally. And, you know, surprisingly, like I was saying, like, Mandalorians are, you know, supposedly these really tough, like, people. And, you know, Mando's actually really patient with Baby Yoda. He doesn't raise his voice. He doesn't, like, you know, raise his hand at him. He just, like, takes him into his lap again. And, you know, that would be so stuff. dark. <laughs> that would be so dark. <laughs> I uh, know. <laughs> Maybe Yoda getting spanked. No. <laughs> no. No. Oh, God, I don't want to imagine that. Okay. <laughs> That's what Werner Herzog's character would do. Oh, yeah. Not Mando. True, true, true. But he calls him um, a little a little womp rat. <laughs> he does call him a little womp rat. Um, like when they're looking for a new place to stay. And they do find Sorgan. And decide to go there. And um, when they land, Mando tells Baby Yoda to stay, to stay on the ship. And, you know, he's, like, telling him almost like he's, like, a pet, you know, in that moment. He's like, stay. Don't go anywhere. Stay right there. <laughs> and, of course, the next scene, we see him, like, right there. Baby Yoda. He's so short. Baby Yoda can teleport. I'm just saying. I think he can I know. teleport. He used like, the force. One moment you see him just like somewhere else, and the next moment he's standing next to the Mandalorian. So, yeah, his force powers have like exceeded all expectations. Um, but yeah, so he follows Mando to the village, or not the village, the um, the like the little town, uh, on Sorgan. And <laughs> Mando walks. I I love this. Mando seems to like kind of slow down his walking so Baby Yoda can keep up with his little itty bitty leggies. <laughs> um, but I think Mando should get like one of those baby carriers, you know, like around. Yeah, him. that's what I was thinking too. Yeah, like, um, <laughs> it's not realistic that. Okay, first Mando's walking ahead of Baby Yoda, and then they cut to the next. Uh, area of the village that they're in and they're like side by side again <laughs> like that's what i'm saying like little he, baby yoda is probably all the way in the back like <laughs> struggling to catch up mando in this episode and we'll get to it later but he seemed very nonchalant about where uh, baby yoda was he relative was. to him given what he just saw in the previous episode there is like a disconnect I found, but I don't know. We'll talk about this it's also just, later. It's just how dads are compared to to moms. Because <laughs> like dads will let yeah, the babies him do be anything. Independ- independent or whatever. Yeah, the dads will let the babies do anything they want, and then the mom will. That's be a like, nicer read than my read, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, if you want to continue, sorry. Oh yeah, so Baby Yoda's again like looking all over the place. He's looking at. The people, what they're doing. And then we, oh my gosh, we see 
a loth cat. Like, probably the first animated to live action first Translation? ever. Like, transition? Trans- yeah, transition. Like, the loth cat. And it was mean. <laughs> it almost, like, bit Baby Yoda. Yeah, well, it was- it's a cat. Listen, not all cats are. I'm mean. a cat hater. I'm just kidding. I'm not a cat hater. I'm just trying to. <laughs> not all cats I'm trying to trigger mean. Melissa. I'm saying this as my cat is scratching the door right now, trying to get in. <laughs> 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 he knows. She knows I'm talking about them. Um. Yeah. So then they keep walking, and we see Cara Dune on the side. She's staring at them as they come in, and I think Mando even recognizes that. Um, so then Mando and Baby Yoda, he puts Baby Yoda on this chair and it almost seems like a high chair to me, <laughs> like in the, in the little Yeah, restaurant. totally. Yeah. And then, uh, the waitress comes over, who by the way is Josh Gad's wife and he even tweeted about it. He said that he was never more jealous of his wife <laughs> than in that moment because she entered the Star Wars universe. <laughs> but anyway, like... Mando orders this uh, bone broth for Baby Yoda to eat. And the waitress asks if he wants anything, and he pretty much says no. And at this moment, I was like, okay. When I was watching it for the first time, I was basically like, okay, so does Mando eat at all? Because he's not eating. And obviously this was answered later, but at the moment I was like, okay, so Mando just starves, or he doesn't eat. (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely. So Mando asks the waitress, uh, what is her business, uh, Cara Dune? And he kind of gestures at her. And she's kind of like, oh, well, she's kind of been here the last week, and she doesn't really tell her tell them much. But then he gives her some coins, or not coins, credits. And, um, yeah, she basically just says what she knows about her, which is not much. And then uh, she goes to get their their food, and the next moment, he sees that she's gone. So he's very suspicious. And he leaves Baby Yoda in the hands of a stranger. Because he tells the waitress to look after the Baby Yoda while he goes outside. And this is totally not acceptable as a dad, as a single dad. Dads out there, don't do this. Don't leave your kids alone with strangers that you pay to watch your kids. People you don't know, especially if your kid has a bounty, yeah, on his ass. <laughs> Just saying. I know. I think Mando's a good dad, but he still has a lot to learn. All right. So he goes outside, and he uses his like heat sensors or something on his helmet, like his infrared something, and he sees her footprints like leading away from the area. So he follows the footprints, and then that's where. Kara Dune pretty much finds him and attacks, and they start fighting. And, oh my god, I love Gina Carano. And the way that she she pretty much kicked Mando's butt. I mean, they're pretty equal at the end. Like, they, they had a scuffle, and they drew both their pistols at each other right at the end. And um, it was pretty much like a tie, but I think Kara would have beat his butt pretty easily if they had more time because once they saw baby yoda come up and he was sipping his soup it's so cute and it's also a new meme of baby yoda yeah it's a tea meme now it's a tea meme 
Yeah. In our outline, uh, Melissa put Baby Yoda sipping tea, ooh woo. And then I'm like, Daniela, no, he's drinking his soup. (laughs) 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 Just shows our personalities. I care more about the oo-woos. Daniel is like, um, get your facts straight. <laughs> yeah, I'm a lifer. Uh, you have to get everything correct. No, I'm just kidding. Anyone who listens to this podcast regularly knows that I know less about Star Wars than Melissa. <laughs> but it's about I'll time take my you corrections. Okay, I'm I'll it. take my corrections where I can get them in. <laughs> There's not many, okay. that's why. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Okay, so Mando's like want some soup to Kara, which is great because they're like respect each other in this moment because they know like they're pretty much on equal footing in some ways um so then they go back inside and then while baby yoda's finishing up his soupy Kara's like explaining her backstory um she's an ex-shock trooper for the rebellion um they are they kind of they're kind of like i guess special forces in a way it also, in a way, like, they're also kind of, like, security slash police because, um, well, initially she would be sent out to take out, like, ex-imperial warlords after the whole Endor thing. Um, then they became sort of, like, kind of, like, bodyguards for politicians and just for, uh, you know, things like that. And she even says, like, you know, we were peacekeepers protecting delegates suppressing riots and she said that she didn't really sign up for that so Cara Dune pretty much you know what this uh, go ahead no yeah I was gonna say Cara Dune pretty much just peaced out after that she I guess she didn't want to really deal with all that anymore she was more into like the battles and you know fighting warlords and all that but not really like security yeah this reminded me of the Jedi so Mm. obviously this is the timeline it's set after the rebels when the um after the uh the rebels w- beat you know the imperial people in the battle of endor and they win the war but this reminded obviously order 66 took out most of the jedi so mm-hmm. the republic the new republic they don't really have any type of jedi like troops you know they have obviously they have the people who go into they fly the pilots um they have the people that fight on the ground and everything but after it's kind of like okay for the empire they have stormtroopers stormtroopers do whatever they need to be done done and like Mm -hmm. obviously the rebels probably had same some similar type of um people working for them it's like the shock troopers like the fact that we've never really seen a trooper we've never seen the uh rebels call someone a trooper on their side so that's one thing that's really interesting Mm -hmm. but also them being like post the war like after the war them being peacekeepers protecting delegates and suppressing riots that that's very clear word Mm -hmm. Uh, those those words are very clear in their meaning of wanting us to connect it to the jedi from the prequels because that's exactly what the the first scene of the um the first scene of the phantom menace is them going to uh you know to protect 
you know, uh, the treaty that the Trade Federation and the Republic and and, and the and Naboo had. So they were peacekeepers. They protect the delegates. Uh, you see that whenever they're protecting Padme, and they they suppress riots. Like you know, they they fought the war. They fought the Clone War. So it's so interesting that they use this. Uh, and I'm very interested to learn more about you know the politics side of Star Wars because um, there are books. But, like, I haven't read those books. I've heard things about them, but, like, I just want to know more about, um, you know, the the re- rebellion and the new mm. republic. Because from the perspective that we get, it's always from people on the inside. For the most part, like, Leia, she's on the inside. And uh, I guess Padme, too, she's on the inside. But I want to know what people outside of this bubble of government think of it like people who have actually had experiences with it because um Cara Dune does not seem like she's in a great place in terms of you know being after post-war or whatever she's obviously on a planet to escape from something what mm-hmm. does she do like why does she have a bounty on her head um it's very interesting uh, and I yeah I just wanted to draw the comparison between the shock troopers and how they're described here after the battle of Endor and um the Jedi yeah so basically I did I did realize yeah that there's a there's a comparison between the shock troopers and the Jedi I think you're totally right um it seems like both were kind of pushed into doing these duties that they never really intended or wanted to do from the beginning um and i think there's definitely is something more going on with cara dune because that's why she thought mando was there was for her because there was like something about like a bounty or something that was on her head and that's what she even said like i thought you were part of the guild and that's why i attacked you and she was sorry so there's something else going on and i'm pretty sure we're gonna see her later on after this episode too because she's filming yeah hopefully this season yeah. Like, I don't want to, like, that's something of a complaint of mine about the Mandalorian. Um, obviously, they're on the go, so they can't be in one place for too long, which means we see new people in every episode. But I kind of want a constant crew of um, regulars, series regulars. I don't, I don't really enjoy, like, like, going back and forth from we see these people, but then they don't show up and... They might not show up for the rest of the season. Like Werner Herzog, for all we know, he might not be in the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I kind of want a... I guess I want him to put together a crew. So there's a, <laughs> there's people on the um, the Razor Crest. But uh, we'll see what happens. It's only the fourth episode. We're mid-season. So this is like the, the middle of the season. So um, yeah, no, okay. Yeah, that's all I wanted to say about that. What do you think about the rotating crew? Do, do you want, like, a constant crew, or do you just want to explore more and more? Um, It's like there's pros and cons, because, I mean, we did see... uh, What's his name? Um, Kruil? Kruil? Yeah, Kruil. from, like, the first couple episodes, and then you know, we had this whole thing, I have spoken, and he was really funny... But you yeah, know, is our t- is the name of our uh, podcast irrelevant now? <laughs> yes, we gotta change it again to uh, "This is the way" or something. <laughs> this uh, is the yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, like I don't know if we're ever gonna see him again. And it's you know on the posters of Mandalorian, 
they had Cara Dune, they had Quill, they had all these other people, and it kind of sucked if they didn't ever show up again. <laughs> but I, in another way, like I get it. Like they gotta keep it going. They're not staying in one place. Some of these characters don't really move around. You know, like Quill doesn't really go anywhere else other than his area. Um, Cara Dune, I'm you know we're gonna see her later. And obviously, like, Grief Cargo, we're going to see him later, too, because he obviously survived for a reason. Um, yeah, hopefully we'll see them again. Because I think they, they, they hyped them up a lot, the, those particular characters. Yeah, no, definitely, especially IG-88. I mean, he's never coming back. IG-88? Do you mean, like, IG-11? It's 11. Yeah. Is 88 another one from yeah. the original trilogy? He's from the OT, yeah. Okay, see, I'm a bad Star Wars fan. <laughs> You're going to get um, kicked off this pod right now. <laughs> okay, this is my firing. I, <laughs> Melissa's firing I've me, I've spoken. Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, yeah, no, yeah, I just hope that eventually we'll come up with like a rotate, like a real crew, but I don't know. We'll see. I'm putting together because crew. even the animated shows like Rebels is kind of the same situation as the Mandalorian. Like they're on the run, um, but they still had their own. There's crew, a rotating though. crew there. I mean, obviously, because animation's probably cheaper to have the same people. But <laughs> I mean, also, I think this is kind of the point of the the show uh, to have um, this loner guy end up having a team. Yeah. So, yeah. No, yeah, I think um, it's very video game-esque, and I keep saying that because it's true. <laughs> it's just like this lone, you're like a lone outlaw gunman just kind of roaming through the world, and you come across these quests or these story plots, and especially um, later on, I'll even explain too, like when you encounter a village, you know, you they you both need something from each other, you need something and for re- in a return you're going to help the village or whoever do something back so it's a very common yeah. classic trope but they do it like so, you know it's good like john favreau dave filoni they're introducing these classic tropes again that we're all used to and we already know but they're telling it in like a more modern modern way do you know what i mean like they're especially in star wars because you go know, you know you can do anything in star wars but like they're introducing them in these very modern mythical fairy tale ways, and I really like that. I'm so glad they're doing it that way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They're definitely adhering to the obviously, like Favreau said, they he read Joseph Campbell. You know, they're following that hero's journey. But yeah, no. After they meet Cara Dune, so they're ready, like. They decide that they're going to leave the planet because Cara Dune's already hiding there. And, you know, she tells them to leave. So uh, they're packing their things to go on the on the Razor Crest. And two guys from the village in the beginning of the episode, they come up to the Razor Crest. And one of them, the, the subtitles, you know, you learn the names of things watching it via subtitles. Mm-hmm. But... Um, yeah, one of them, his name is Cabin, and so they come t- from the village, and they ask Mando to help them against the raiders. Uh, Mando says no, because um, he has to leave anyway, and he tells them to go away, because the money is not enough. Like, he's not being helpful, or he's not kind of, 
he's not trying to be helpful at all. Like, he's not like, oh, well, okay, I'll help. But, um, but yeah, no. And then, so, the, um, uh, yeah, it's very video gamey of, you know, like you just said just now, how, you know, the main character isn't, is a reluctant person to help out the, uh, the people around him, but eventually he does. Um, and yeah, so, one of the characters says that they know a lot about your people and then he corrects himself by saying the tribe. So it's interesting. It's kind of like Native American-esque for the Mandalorians. Like they're, you know, like indigenous groups. Yeah. It might be the Mandalorians. Um, yeah. Like they're like these groups of people that are like family. This is the way or whatever. But yeah. So, the farmers say that they brew spotchka, which I'm assuming is food, is like this, like, soup type of thing. And, um, the whole village. It might be that blue drink that we see that the raiders have later on. Now I just made the connection, like, the blue krill and the blue drink. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you know, whenever they, um, the, the, the raiders, whenever they're drinking the stuff by the fire, that's what they stole, basically. Yeah. And they're, like, um, making it themselves. But they, I guess they needed that krill to make it. Yeah, but they don't want to do the work. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so the whole village, they chipped in money to help. Because we also, whenever the Mandalorian is coming into the planet, we see his ship fly by. And Omera, she's she sees it. So they know that someone has arrived on the planet. And the whole village chipped in money, I guess, for the Mandalorian to help him out. And, um, so the Mando, he eventually accepts the credits and, um, to help the village and he ends up giving it to Cara Dune and he's like, are you ready for another round? And, um, yeah, on their way, they're being driven by a droid, which is surprising because it's a very clear contrast to the beginning, the first episode where he would not get into a in a in a droid driven um carriage Mm -hmm. but in this episode and i mean in the last episode he did it but only because he had to but in this episode he's just very willing to get on two times actually but yeah no and he leans down and watches the stars and there's the cutest seed with baby yoda he like also looks down on the stars and, and like he looks up did i say down Look down he looks up into the stars baby yoda's god looking down at us yeah he is god no but baby yoda ends up looking up at the stars and like it just it's so cute because he's obviously thinking about like wow it's so so many dots there you know um it's like you know that meme for Baby Yoda? It's like when you're looking up at the, the moon when I was eight years old yeah. and wondering why it was following me around. It's <laughs> yeah. like literally that for Baby Yoda. I mean, like actual, like a meme come it's to life without them intending it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You're right. So they eventually arrive at the village in the next day and all the kids surround Baby Yoda. And it's like... So sweet because it's very like no confrontation, no oh my god, Mando, help us! It's just kind of like everyone's like, okay, they're here to help, yay! And the kids are in their own world, and it's so funny because they're so taken by little baby Yoda. 
Yes, it's so cute. And Baby Yoda's like just as captivated by them too. He's, yeah. you know, I mean, it kind of seems like maybe Baby Yoda's never been around kids or Definitely anything not. like he, that. No, he's <laughs> never been around anyone. And I think there's a scene that kind of shows that. But um, yeah, and it's so crazy because Mando is not very, he's, you would expect him based on his tropes and for the kind of character that he is, that he would be like this harsh man who's mean Mm -hmm. and is reluctant but he's actually has shown through all these episodes that he's nice like he has manners yeah and sometimes he's kind of like um sometimes he's kind of like you know rude and killing other people (laughs) or other creatures but for the most part the people he um helps or people he asks for help he's very respectful of them we see that with kuil when he's like okay do you want to join my crew i don't know how to thank you and then when kuil is like oh i don't want to be i don't want to serve any other person other people anymore because i've spent my whole life trying to run away from that he's like oh well all i can do is give you my thanks and obviously he's nice to the armor armor it sounds weird when i say it but (laughs) armor it's like because i i kind of like just stretch out the r part but sorry Um, (laughs) i'm just noticing my pronunciation now that i have a podcast of things um but yeah no and um he's a very chill dude like i guess he kind of gave these um he gave the villagers that came to ask for help kind of some grief but it's still like i don't know he still ended up helping them so yeah no i i I see what you mean he's like Maybe he's trying to be a good example for his son, his little baby son. <laughs> he's trying to show, like, you know, that it's good to have manners and be polite. <laughs> yeah, but it's also so funny because as soon as they arrive at the village, Mando kind of just walks away from Baby Yoda. Like, you don't know these people, Mando. What are you doing this whole yeah, time? I'm I was like, you, like, you're so... Why are you acting this he way? He needs to like, take a parenting class. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess he's so used to being alone. Yeah. Like, the villagers need to just teach him. They should have taught him how to be a... Like, in exchange for him, like, training them, he should have gave him some parenting classes in return. So, whenever he's in the... In the his little... What's it called? A uh, little cottage kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He... Uh, Omera, who is the woman character from the first scene, the one that survives, the mom that survived. The mom that survived. <laughs> Take that, Padme. Um <laughs> Um, no, it's uh, so she's helping him settle in and he's not used to uh, people, I guess he's not he's a loner character. So he's all for himself and he's not used to all this teamwork, all this, you know, unity. And they're all showing him like th- they're all showing him kindness. And um, it's so funny because he's taken su- he's taken aback by Winta, who is uh, Omera's daughter. And he basically scares her, like, because he makes a sudden movement against her as if he was ready to attack. And it kind of shows that he might have PTSD from, obviously, the droids that killed his parents and his whole village. But also, it's like he just, he's constantly battling people. Like, he's fighting people all the time. And Omera just had the raiders, you know, so they must all be damaged. Like, they're all, like, scared of, Mm -hmm. you know, sudden movement. And it can't be easy, you know? Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, so Romero kind of just, uh, she tells Winta that he's there to help them out. And then she's like, thank you. Like, Winta says thank you to Mandalorian. And yeah, so Baby Yoda is in his crib. And oh, uh, Winta, I think this is a different scene. Yes, yeah, I think this is... Is this another scene? It's the same scene. No, I think it's the same scene. So, baby Yoda's in his crib. Yes. And uh, Winta asks uh, the Mandalorian if she can feed baby Yoda. And he's like, yes. And then it's so cute. And then he asks. I think later uh, Winta asks if she can play with baby Yoda. And Mandalorian says yes. And then (laughs) her and baby Yoda leave. And it's, like, the cutest scene ever because Mando is kind of like, wait. And then the Omera is like, no, they'll be fine. And it's kind of like whenever a kid is dropping uh, their parent or a parent <laughs> is dropping off their kid at, at kindergarten or at daycare. And they're like, I don't want to leave them because he doesn't know what they're going to do with Baby Yoda. But Omera reassures him that it's going to be okay. She's kind of like a stabling, stabilizing force, kind of. Even if this is, like, obviously this is an episode called Sanctuary. So, you know, you have that, but... Yeah, I thought that their interactions were pretty cool. Yeah, they're both like single parents and they're letting their kids go off and play and then they stay and talk. It's This is a different scene. I, I remember now because there's a scene where she like she takes him to the or they're in the first in the in the little hut thing uh-huh. cabin whatever yeah, it's yeah. called uh, I just give it gave it three names in like 10 minutes. But yeah, no. And then um. And then she comes back with food. Yeah, and that's yeah, whenever yeah. they mm-hmm. take baby Yoda. But yeah, right. no, continue what you were saying. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So it's like the two kids go off and play while the two other parents talk. And it's very tropey, fanfic tropey. Um, yeah. And um, this is the scene where she asks her, uh, him how long it's been since he's taken off the mask. And he says, uh, like, yesterday. But then she clarifies, like, no, I mean, how long has it been since you've taken it off in front of somebody else? And then he says, oh, well, he looks at the kids playing outside and says, well, I wasn't much older than they were. Uh, or since uh, how much they've, you know, the age that they were. And um, he explains basically that the Mandalorians took him in when his parents were killed. And which basically kind of means that Mandalorian isn't really a true Mandalorian in the way that we thought he was. He was pretty much adopted. No, I knew it. I told you the <laughs> whole time I've been saying, I don't think he's a real Mandalorian. And I was right. Although he is because even if you're adopted, you are what you're adopted into. It's not a, I don't think it should be something like a blood thing, but right. you know, like in terms of his culture, it's like he had a different culture for at least eight years before he became a Mandalorian. Yeah. So you will, you will take the win for this one. You were right. <laughs> I'm always right. I'm always right. What are I you talking about? So. What have I been I wrong in my whole so. life? Point. Tell me once. Actually, do not do that, please. I know I've been wrong. <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, you know what? Maybe all Mandalorians are adapted there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really doesn't. Like I, I, like I said, if you're adopted, you're still a part of that family that adopts right. you. You're still that. So it shouldn't. It. I just wanted to know if he was like born he was into a Mando family, but from he wasn't. Yeah. 
I know what you mean. But yeah, so basically he confirms that he was adapted and then she leaves the food with him and then we see like an off-camera shot of him taking off his mask. We don't see his face and then he kind of just watches the kids play outside while he eats. So that mystery is solved about how he eats because we were all wondering about that. But does he take it off when he sleeps? That's still a mystery. Because there are people he in might. that same hut with him when he's sleeping. But you know what's crazy? He asks if... In the last episode, I'm pretty sure the armor... She asks him if he's ever taken his mask off by himself or with someone else. Like, right? I'm not crazy for thinking that, right? Uh, didn't she say, like, have you ever taken off the mask? And he said no. And then she clarifies and says in front of... Or has anybody taken off the mask? Like, has anybody else taken it off, like, from you? And he said no. Like twice. Okay. So I don't know. Maybe I don't think... maybe it's in battle or like in public. I, okay. Yeah, yeah. I get it. But yeah, no, he probably does take it off because he obviously has to brush his teeth and shower. And what do they have uh, freshers in <laughs> in the areas that he's at? Maybe like, on his ship? Like, who, does he take his, his helmet with him <laughs> into the shower? I can't imagine that he'd leave it for anybody to grab. Like, he if it's a public shower, like a public fresher, like I don't think he would take it. No. Let it, like, I think lie. he would have to shower privately. It's so odd. <laughs> this is such a big mystery. But no, but basically we're told that he does take it off whenever he has to yeah. do grooming and food, eating food. And you know where he took it off in, whenever Omera left and he was eating in private? It's so funny because it's like this big ass window right there well it's not a window because there's no glass but it's like an open space that if those kids turn they around could literally just they see could him. see his face <laughs> this show is i mean i'm not trying to be very i know i'm being literal and i i know i'm sorry i know that's not what star wars is for but that shot bothered me yeah, because it's like those kids turn around they'll see him. your freaking face Omera could walk back around and he'd have it off. Like, is that house hidden or something? Is like I don't know. He just had it a lot doesn't of look like it's hidden because you can clearly see the kids playing. But maybe yeah. his his face is so dirty they won't see it. <laughs> He's basically like camouflaged against like the dark house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, sorry. Go on. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, okay, we, so after the eating scene, then we see um, Mando and Cara Dune, uh, they're prepping to go find the raiders. And it actually just hit me that I think this whole episode is an analogy for, like, the Indians and the foreigners, like, when they first came to America. <laughs> Like, if you think about yeah, it... Yeah, it could be, for sure. Because Especially because of the Western vibes and everything. Yeah, like, you have these raiders come in and basically ransack the whole thing. Um, which is pretty much what, like... It's, yeah, same tropiness. Um, so, yeah, they are going to find the raiders, and they go to the place, like, they're at, and they have a skirmish skirmish and they actually see like where all these um that blue drink is at like they're brewing it i guess from the krill that they stole 
and they have a skirmish and um they actually see oh this is before that i'm sorry this is all before that the they actually see the atst tracks uh next to that area that the villagers never told them about so they go back to the village and they tell them that there's bad news you cannot live here anymore um you got pack up and go and mando's pretty blunt about it and even cara dune's like um that's a little rude like you should probably say a little bit nicer and then she tries to have a go at it and she pretty much is also just as blunt and she's like well i know that's hilarious <laughs> she's like uh this is a big planet y'all can go anywhere why you don't have to stay here you should just go and, you know, the villagers are basically saying, like, well, we've been here forever. Our grandparents seeded these ponds. It's taken generations. They're not leaving. Amara says, like, we are not leaving. Um, so they're even saying, like, you know, that ATST is going to take everybody out. Like, there's no way they can stop it. Um, and the villagers still don't want to leave. So they're basically like, all right, we just got to teach you how to fight then and then cue this training montage where they basically learn how to fight they're uh you see kara doing like training them and there's also a moment where they're doing shooting practice where <laughs> mando catches some feels because omera can actually out of all the groups she raises her hand and says that she knows how to shoot um which is interesting because she's obviously a mary sue <laughs> and she had no training prior to this so that means she's a mary sue um but i think there's something else going on with her i think she has a backstory that we just don't know about that that's why she knows how to shoot but um either way it doesn't really matter yeah. um she could just be good at it <laughs> but yeah one thing that i um i wanted to say about the cara dune mando versus the villager scene mm -hmm. is how interesting that the wording is about how my grandparents seeded these ponds and then it took generations and then um cara dune was like i understand i do but there are only two of us and then they were like no there's not there's at least 20 and they they, they don't want to leave so much that like um they volunteer like obviously it's it's also interesting because the at the atst like the fact that there is one of those is like there's always a bigger fish like it's not just the clatuinians yeah you can never say that right so if the clatuinian so it's like there's always a bigger fish that they thought it was just the clatuinians but it's there's an atst there as well and um in terms of them like they like volunteered they were like we'll do anything to help it's kind of like how they're farmers and they're there for each other their family so and they're ready to protect their land like because they wanted to keep it because it's been there for generations and i think that's another thing to tie it back to what you were talking about how omera is like a good sh like shooter and she knows how to shoot i think it probably had to do with the fact that she's had to be on her own in terms of, I mean, obviously she has that community, but she's a widow, so she probably needed to learn protection somehow. Although this isn't a village that, um, this isn't really a village where you kind of have to know how to shoot because it's like, it's very 
peaceful so she probably has some sad tragic backstory as most star wars characters do and it probably involves losing her parents oh no because <laughs> that's just how it is the circle doesn't end star wars <laughs> is about lost children yeah yeah you're right i mean all the all the kids stories out there like the fairy tale kids stories even disney princesses they all lose their parents yeah because they have to it's like a it pushes them to grow instead of having that safety blanket true yeah so she's a good shot and mando's like in love with her did you want to continue yeah so so yeah she is really good at fighting and um so Kara, Dune, and Mando go out to attack the raiders after they finish training the villagers and they come up with a plan of how to trap that ATST. They go out to the forest and they go to the raiders. And um they have this is when they actually have these skirmish with the, the with the raiders and once they're actually like uh kind of like outside of their huts, they hear a noise and they turn around and they see these this big ATSD appear with red eyes kind of like a monster <laughs> that rises up from like palpatine the darkness. yeah like palpatine, palpatine eyes? yeah palpatine eyes more on that in the next episode yes in the next regular episode of jackie broadcast jackie broadcast plug <laughs> plug um, so then it's, it's actually like the way that they, it, it comes out and the way that it's portrayed, it seems very like it almost doesn't even seem mechanical the way this thing moves. It almost looks like it has like a personality of its own, like a monster. Did you see anything inside? No, I you looked can't and see I anything. tried to see it. Like I try to look in there like cause there's moments where you could see. Right. Like, it, from a certain angle and there was no one in there and i'm pretty sure a clat clat was in there but it's, it's still, just like, very uh, not we've, visible we've never seen anybody go in it we didn't see anybody come out of it who knows if somebody was even in it at all like driving it <laughs> it's very rare i know you said you googled it and you did see some atst walkers with red eyes but in like general You've we've probably in the, in general like we've never almost seen an ATST with red eyes. I think it was a chosen, a chosen color out of like the director or John Favreau, whoever, um, because it, this is I at mean, night. Yeah, certainly they could have had the ATST battle at in the day. Like yeah, they, it's a, definitely a choice to but do it's it. At not night. As, I think it's not as terrifying. If, yeah, it's at the day it's obviously like a monster looking thing. Yeah, and uh no um obviously there's a theory that any red eyes is palpatine but in this case it does make sense i'm just saying yeah so it makes perfect sense it makes all the sense so they lead these this atst walker out of the area and they go back to the village and Cardoon and mando run back into the village and they're waiting for this thing to appear and this is like the most scariest part because through the trees you could see this thing with red eyes slowly coming closer and it wouldn't have been as scary if it was in the daytime so they <laughs> it's so creepy because you see these two red eyes coming at you and the villagers are ready they're like standing there they're ready to fight they finally get the atst close 
and he, it's just about to step into the pond where they have the trap and it stops and it just doesn't move any more forward and like i said like the way this thing moves it almost looks like it knew or it has like ideas of its own because it even looks down and around in a weird way and then once this thing stops the other raiders come at them um so they're all fighting now <laughs> they're all fighting while this atst is shooting at them and um basically they're stuck because the atst walker is still shooting at them and now they're fighting this these raiders and Cardoon finally is like, you know what? I'm just going to go up there and do what I have to do. So she like runs up. She kind of gets into the pond and hugs the wall of it. And she's right underneath the ATST walker. And she's trying to like shoot into it. Maybe to get the, the, the driver, who if there is one. Uh, and even throughout this, the other villagers are still fighting. And there's even a shot of Omera. She's like telling the what's his name like caban or cabin whoever the other guys were who talked to mando earlier she's like telling them to move forward go fight like you should go and she does it in a way that's almost like she had military training or something so i think you know sure something like, i agree yeah she does it in a very nonchalant way like she's done this before and um so she goes out and tells them to go fight and then eventually Cara Dune, a few more shots she tries to make into the walker and it still doesn't get the driver. But she, she, may, she hits enough times where this walker finally says, all right, I'm coming closer because you're, you're trying to do damage. So it finally steps into the pond and it loses its footing and it falls over. That's when Mando takes the cue to run up there and throw a detonator inside. And that's when it finally blows up. <laughs> and then that's when the raiders realize um we don't have our atst anymore and they run away back into the forest the bigger fish is dead the bigger fish is dead the village is saved Cardoon and mando they save the village and the villagers they sell they save their own village too so that was good so what did you think of that whole fight scene danny um obviously the most visually striking Part of it was obviously the walker having, um, you know, the walker having those red eyes. And I think it's there because I think the walkers have the red eyes just because it helps the person behind the wheel see at night. But um, yeah, no, uh, that was the most interesting just because of the fact that we really re just recorded an episode on what red eyes symbolize. And in this case, it's so interesting. Just as we said, they didn't know why the atst was there like why do these people or these uh clatoonians i'm sorry <laughs> clatoonians um, clatoonians yeah no clatoonians is like tatooinian okay yeah clatoonians why do these clatoonians have the walker like it doesn't make any sense like this village this place is kind of out of the way of the whole republic area it's t completely out of the way um i'm pretty sure there was there was a reference to something and i think they were one of the villagers was confused um was it in terms of cara dunes uh what she did in the war i'm not sure um but there was a moment mm. when i think something that's kind of common knowledge was talked about and it was hold on 
so the villagers are kind of like in the middle of nowhere like um they Cara Dune mentions that there's an ATST and they're like what's that like they don't know what the thing is called like they're obviously not part of the war so I think that the fact that the ATST is there is really interesting because it's clearly not a tool that they used on that planet before so it's like it was planted there maybe it's mysterious um that's the whole point and that's why it's so red and scary uh but yeah that's what i wanted to say about um that battle it's just interesting because you know um who knows where that ATSC came from? Like, a lot of this is the Empire, and they're still running stuff. I think this is the point of this series, now that we've had four episodes. It's like, the Empire is still running, and the, the Republic is squabbling and not paying attention to the important things because they're too busy, like, trying to say who's right about what kind of government they should have, and that's definitely a valid conversation to be having, but... It's kind of like in the Civil War with Reconstruction. Like, they should be focusing on these people, like, on the Empire, like, on the Imperials, on all those people. Like, they shouldn't quit, give like, looking at what they're doing because clearly Palpatine had a million plans. Mm-hmm. So it's foolish that they're focused on so much on, you know, they're focused so much on governing and that's fine, but they need a get this together because i'm pretty sure they i mean i haven't read the um you know the bloodline book or uh, aftermath books but i feel like the kind of tone of the republic is we're gonna start focusing on moving forward instead of trying to you know find the rest of the the rest of the warlords from the empire because even Cara Dune says that at the beginning of the episode they started be the shock trooper troopers ended up being you know they ended up being bodyguards so mm-hmm. no yeah i agree investigate the empire <laughs> oh man so right after this baby yoda is seen trying to eat frogs again you know i hate those kids for this the scene I'm gonna say it. I hate these kids, and the scene solidified it. Why? And I didn't hate them before, but I hate them now because Baby Yoda is a different species than these little punk ass kids. Like, let him eat his frog. But also, it ju- it's juxtaposed to like obviously the previous time he ate a frog, and in the beginning of the episode, the daughter is um, what's her name again? Let me check. Uh, Winter. Yeah, in the beginning of the episode, Winta is seen playing with frogs. So she clearly, like, likes playing with the frogs. But, like, come on. It's a kid. Let him eat the... Let him eat the frog. It's a different species. It's like if somebody... It's like if somebody from a different species came up to me and said that they liked eating dirt. And I was like, (laughs) ew! It's like, I don't know them. Dirt might be very, like, good for them. I mean, still, like, obviously Yoda was eating bugs and crap all in Dagobah, so. <laughs> I know, like. The species is different new. from humans. Right. Yeah, so he's eating the, the baby, the frogs again. He's trying to. He didn't so sorry get to, to be time. negative and hating on these kids. It's but fine. Le- hating leave kids. Y- Yoda, y- leave baby Yoda eat. Let, be- <laughs> let baby Yoda eat. Let him eat what he wants. Yeah, I think it's just trying to 
trying to show like the comparison of how like babies try to put everything in their mouths. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. So okay, but I thought the the way that the frog fell out of his mouth was so silly. <laughs> yeah. So there, uh, Mando, Omera, and Kara are sitting around chilling, uh, watching them play, and. Um, Omera walks into the house or the hut and then Cara Dune's basically like so what happens if you take that thing off like his helmet like are they gonna come after you and kill you and he's like no he just can't put it on again and she's like that's it so you can slip off the helmet settle down and with that beautiful young widow and raise your kids sitting here sipping scotch spotchka and Mando's pretty much like, um, well, he basically can't stay because he thinks that, you know, he caused too much trouble and the trouble's going to come find him and the village. So he thinks it's better if he just moves on. Um, and he also, they also kind of confirmed that Baby Yoda is a he. Because when Mando does say that he's going to maybe leave Baby Yoda here at the village, Cardoon's like, well, you're going to break his little heart. Um, but he's like, no, traveling with me isn't a life for a kid. I did my job. He's safe. And yeah, I think that the doctor, the doctor Pershing confirmed that last episode. Did you forget that? Well, yeah, I just, (laughs) I guess I wasn't sure if he knew for sure. If he just kind of said he, because it was easier. Oh, gotcha. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I don't know how long he had with baby Yoda. So who knows if he even knew how to confirm. Yeah. Oh, 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 this is something else that I wanted to mention. It clearly there is a time jump because uh the mando is like we raised some hell a few weeks ago a few oh, weeks yeah. back yeah so so you saying mando has stayed in this village for like some time yeah they've been there for a while at least a few mm. weeks okay okay so yeah they've been there for a while and um so yeah, he says he's going to leave baby Yoda, and Kara's like, he's going to make him real sad. And then right in this next scene, he's going to talk to Omera, and we get a scene of this other bounty hunter getting close to the village with his fob that's blinking. And, you know, while he's talking to Omera, he's saying, you know, I'm going to, you know, baby Yoda is happy here. And uh, Omera says, like, well, what about you? And he's even like me. Um, she's like, are you happy here? Like, we want you to stay. The community is grateful. You can pack all this away in case there's ever trouble. You and your boy could have a good life. And he could be a kid for a while. Wouldn't that be nice? And he almost seems like he's like a re- he's going to relent. Like He'll be like, yeah, okay. But he says, like, it would. And Omera reaches for his helmet. And puts his you didn't even mention that his voice broke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, it did sound like he was about to cry. Like his voice did break. And he's like really thinking about it. And he's thinking how nice it would be. But he, he in his inside. Especially him, he having knows. a life of a family that he never got to have in real life. Yeah. Well, I mean, he does have the Mandos, but. They're not the same type of family. But yeah, he almost yes. breaks. Go ahead. Yeah, his voice almost breaks, and he's, uh, he stops her from taking off his helmet, and he's like, I don't belong here. And she's like, I understand. I will look after him as if he were my own. And this made me really sad, because I'm like, oh, you were so close to having this perfect family. But, like, I get it. Like, at this point of the series, like, he's not going to get his happily ever after yet. 
I knew that was going to happen. <clears throat> but um, Mando, you know, he says he doesn't belong there. And the the music actually turns into, like, a romantic kind of medley. And it has those kind of connotations of, like, a romantic moment. And But the next scene, we see it kind of break up. And we see, a, like, a bounty, the bounty hunter is aiming for Baby Yoda. And we hear a shot. And it's so actually it's kind of funny because somebody gifted this, but we see Mando like right when he hears the shot, he like steps, he moves Omera and he like kind of steps in front of her, because he's you know so protective. <laughs> and um, we actually see the next scene we we see the bounty hunter fall over because Cara Dune shoots him in the back like a queen, like a boss, uh, and Baby Yoda's safe, so he does not get shot because this is a kids series and we don't show babies getting shot. <laughs> yeah, what I kind of wish that, that we could see him get harmed, though. Not in. Inter- I know this sounds makes me sound evil, but didn't they do something like this before? They already did the baby got shot thing in the first episode. Um, yeah, I was listening to. True. I didn't even notice this until podcast pointed it out. Called still watching. They're the Vanity Fair podcast that recaps mm-hmm. the Mando. But like, are they gonna keep on doing that? Like a bounty hunter tries to shoot baby yoda but somebody else got him first like um i want like i was thinking that baby yoda was gonna use the force to deflect it because in his little in the gun you know in the gun uh you know whenever it shows the perspective of the shooter from the gun like it looks like baby yoda was so happy he's so happy like i kind of would have liked to see what he would have done on the spot like if he would have deflected it because he definitely has the power to do that but yeah no i don't know like, obviously, yeah. we're going to see this baby get hurt once, at least. Like, they can't keep doing this. But, you where know, it's like a fake out. <laughs> the moment that they do, the entire internet is going to be up in arms, like, rioting in front of... Yeah, but that's Kisoma. storytelling, Melissa. The baby has to get hurt. No. And I sound evil. I sound evil, and I'm sorry. But <laughs> the baby has... Something has to give to... Like, something has no, to make... baby is perfect and will never be harmed ever. Another quibble that I have with this episode is it's totally unrealistic to me that, like, the Mando thinks that he's okay to leave the baby. Like, he just saw that the tracking fobs all went off whenever he was trying to escape with the baby, whenever he took the baby away. And he knows that there was everybody with the tracking fob. Like, the whole bounty guild had a tracking fob. So, I'm not sure how the tracking fob works exactly, but I find it really hard to believe that this mando really thinks that leaving a baby on this planet will keep him safe like did he not realize that there's a tracking thing inside of little baby's body i'm very confused about that yeah i still don't know how they're tracking baby yoda it has to i feel like every episode of um, mandalorian i'm like you know this is unrealistic this isn't like (laughs) there's there should be a daniela's uh quibble corner uh, segment for this show because i'm always like i find it unrealistic that mando has like i find like i think the second episode i thought it was unrealistic that the mando um no it was the third episode hold on i'm trying to think of the quibbles that i've had i know that the last episode i had a <laughs> oh, i had the, a problem uh, with the mandos all being hidden killing that beast Oh, you're right. The second episode, it was Killing the Beast. Even my dad, when he watched it, he just watched it recently. He was like, what? That little knife that <laughs> killed him? And, um, okay, and then the second 
quibble for the third episode. It was the Mandos all being hidden, like without protection. There's no secret door or anything. And this episode, I really hard find it really hard to believe that the Mandalorian just thinks that the baby's gonna be okay. Like, please take this to a doctor and open this baby up and try to find it the tracking device inside of it because it's clearly in there yeah 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 i I I feel like i'm i I feel like in this i'm like the only person in this whole world who's like something bad happens has to happen to this baby but something (laughs) bad has to happen to this baby no we don't want anything bad to happen to this baby. i don't want it but it's realistic this this is not like realistic in the real life world no but even in star wars kids get hurt like I don't know. It happens. Especially if this baby is the most wanted by the bounty hunter guild. Like, what is Amanda going to do? Take it to the Republic and say, I have a Jedi here. Hello. Amanda doesn't even know about the Jedi. <laughs> Daniela has no rights. No, oh, I'm being fired, guys. <laughs> a second offense. I'm gone. Do you want to just go ahead and finish it up? Yeah, yeah. So Mando realizes that there's no way Baby Yoda's gonna stay safe here. So too they- late for that. <laughs> he's dumb. I feel like he's dumb. I'm he's sorry. Not, Mando no is dumb as the official Daniela stands. Let him. He's gotta learn. He hasn't got his parenting classes. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I he said- didn't pick. He didn't pick anything up from being like there for weeks with the, these other kids. He still hasn't learned. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So he. They're packing up. They're deciding to leave. Kara parts ways with him. She's like, are you sure you don't need an escort? And he's like, nah, I'll be good. And they're like, all right, well, hopefully we'll meet again. And we know that they will meet again because Gina Carano's filming season two. Um, and then Omera and Mando, I hope they meet again too. But they say the goodbyes. Baby Yoda gets all the hugs for goodbyes. And it's so woo-woo. And this is the softest episode ever. And I hope all the fanboys are mad. I'm mad. I'm like, let this <laughs> baby get hurt. <laughs> no one's going to listen to our podcast anymore. <laughs> we'll just cut you out and then they'll return. It'll just feed me. Yeah. Cara Dune sure. also can step on me. And I'd say thank you. All right. Thanks for listening. <laughs> All right. So that's it for our episode today. Uh, I'm officially crazy. I've gone crazy on this podcast because <laughs> I've, I've wished... That I've said that I want this baby to get hurt, and I'm officially gonna. There's gonna be a tracking fob on me and a bounty on my head. Yeah. So I'm sorry, and thank you for listening. If anybody got this far, because it wasn't till the very end where Daniela, I wished harm on the baby. Daniela so. was never to be seen again. Yes. <laughs> All right. You can find us on Jakku Broadcast on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at uh, nowhere because I'm off the internet right now. <laughs> or I'm off Twitter, allegedly. But uh, allegedly. you can find follow me at um, Mortis Gods. How can we find you, Melissa? Abandoned Porg on Twitter. Abandoned Sock on Tumblr. Yeah. yeah. So we have spoken. We have spoken. 